Hello, people of the planet. Thank you for downloading episode 31 of We Got This with Mark and Hal. Hey, friend, you have tickets to our New York Super Week show yet? You don't? Well, do you want to miss us talking with John Hodgman, our very special guest? Do you want to miss our opening act, Carter Parton Rogers? Of course you don't. I'm going to answer for you. Just stay seated. Do you need something to drink? Are you hungry? You look a little hungry. I'm going to fix you some food. But while I'm doing that, why don't you get some tickets to our show, Sunday, October 11th, 8 p.m. at Le Poisson Rouge. You can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash we got this podcast, or go to newyorksuperweek.com for more info and to get tickets. Also, while you're sitting down and doing things on your computer, why not go to iTunes and give us a rating and a review? It would really help us out, and we'd really appreciate it. And now, without any further ado, the final installment in our Dragon Conversations trilogy for 2015, it's episode 31 of We Got This. Hello, I'm Hal Lublin. And I'm Mark Gagliardi. Since the dawn of humanity, one issue has gone unsettled. With the fate of the world in the balance, we're here to settle once and for all. Best Muppet. That's right. Don't worry, everyone. We got this. Podcasts should have a theme song. Podcasts should not have a theme song. Yes, they should. No, they shouldn't. They sound good. Yeah, but people are just going to skip past it. Hmm. You know what? You're right. We got this. Hello, everybody. Hey, what's up, listeners? Uh, it's Mark and Hal with uh, We Got This and a very special guest today. Yes, uh, we're going to be uh, deciding the best Muppet, which obviously is something that can be empirically decided only by us and our special guest, Mr. Kirk Thatcher, who has worked for, for the Henson Company and Around the Muppets for 30 years. Is that right? Yeah, next year will be, I guess, no, 30 years now. W- walk us through a little bit of your of your Muppet history and your your CV. Well, Muppets specifically, I met Jim in 86 after Star Trek IV, but I'd done creature puppets before that, right. uh, Jedi and Wait, Gremlins and I, things. can I stop you right there? Because in no, Star Trek IV... you can't 4, stop me, you can't stop me. I'm, no, getting... I'm stopping you now. I'm handcuffing you, you can't see it. Ooh. In Star Trek IV, you you play stop the punk on the bus. Stop looking at I'm me. I'm never going to stop. I, <laughs> I've signed... Sure. I, I had surgery, so I won't blink while I'm looking at you. Exactly. Listeners, Hal has not broken icon. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm really <laughs> uncomfortable. in the but room. You were the punk on the bus. <laughs> yes. You got the nerve pinch from Spock. Yes. Yeah, with, I puppeteered my own head. Which is fantastic. Playing that. And you wrote the song that I is wrote playing... wrote and sang the song, yeah. That, that is incredible. Like, the... I should have my own convention, really. It's the it's, most yeah. iconic. The bus, yeah. It's one of the most iconic <laughs> moments from the Star Trek films. It is. Uh, that, I, I'll say that's the only thing I remember from four because yeah. I saw them. Whales, the whales, whales. And it's punks, the one about yeah. the whales, right? Yeah. And the and the punk on the bus. Yeah, it's. Uh, <laughs> I've never actually done a con as you know about that character. I do sign pictures, but um, I've always said if I win the Pulitzer Prize, what will be in my tombstone will be "Punk on Bus Star Trek 4. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. With a mohawk yeah. on the actual. Yeah. Head I know what Bob Denver felt like. Gilligan, <laughs> <laughs> you know, "Punk on Bus." That's why I changed my hair. That's why I have a goatee and long hair because I was sick of people saying "Punk on Bus." <laughs> Kidding. So you were normally just the Mohawk guy. I was normally yeah, orange Mohawk guy. I was like, <laughs> yeah. orange Mohawk guy? I was in a movie. <laughs> yeah. But sorry, go, you were talking about your... Oh, your so yeah, I met Jim Henson after that, and um, we started working together. I met him sort of as a designer idea guy, which Jim was one of the few people probably after 1950 who hired idea guys, you know, because he was just super creative and liked to be surrounded by creative people. And I knew some. Um, and so <laughs> I, I, I actually met him and pitched a bunch of ideas. And drawings and, and whatever. And, and we just hit it off and he was such an amazingly, uh, 
he had no ego. I mean, every artist has an ego, but we started with, I was showing all this stuff and he said, well, what'd you think of Dark Crystal and Labyrinth? And I, I'd worked guys who'd worked on Jedi had worked on, on uh, Dark Crystal. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, the creature's really cool, but I thought the story was hard to follow. And he's like, yeah, that's what we did. Labyrinth it was more relatable with the kids. Right. And, and he was literally asking my opinion, not, so what'd you think of me? You know, aren't I awesome? It was more like, what'd you think? And, and I answered him as honestly as I could. And <laughs> only as an adult, was I realizing that's amazing? Yeah. That's like the president going, so Skippy, what do you think of my Middle East plan? <laughs> well, you know, Mr. President, I think that, you know, and listen Why does the you? president have an advisor named yeah. Skippy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> First of all. Well, that's, you know, I was too dumb and, and young to even realize what, I mean, how gracious he was. I mean, I knew he was, but, you know, later you're kind of like, wow. I mean, he was listening to a 25 year old and, you know, maybe he thought it was full of shit. I mean, uh, full of sh- sh- schnitzel. <laughs> uh, schnitzel is what I said. Yes. Um, uh, but anyway, so that's how we met. And then we started working on shows. Uh, a couple that didn't go anywhere at the time. Um, the ones that did was Jim Henson Hour designed a bunch of characters on that and gags, kind of the opening, the crazy opening. He and I boarded together. I boarded with, he sort of like, let's, let's come up with a cool opening for the, uh, you know, <laughs> It was like, oh, I've got a griffin and a lion, and we've got these puppets, and they'll be like, all right, cool. You know, and we just kind of that was brainstorming, and he, and he, it's funny because he wasn't effusive. He wasn't a guy who's like, oh, this is great. He wasn't Kermit, you know. I mean, yeah. like when he got sad, he was more like, hmm. he had this kind of Jerry, Jerry Nelson said in his funeral, he had a whim of steel, and it, it was, hmm. and he never said no or like I don't like that. He'd go, hmm, that's okay, that's interesting. Oh, this is lovely. So it was never. That's a bad thing. It's like, ooh, this is nice. Let's go more in this direction. Right. So very different from your Hollywood types who, uh, <clears throat> you know, are like, here's what you need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so just an amazing working experience. And, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, did Jim Henson Hour. And then we started brainstorming dinosaurs. Uh, when he passed away, we had just had two meetings. In fact, <clears throat> I had lunch with him. That's really strong whiskey, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's are, rat poison. That's oh. what you're tasting. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so this has been We Got This. <laughs> yeah. Hope you enjoyed it. Help me. <laughs> the best Muppet is the sock I just put eyes on. Help me. <laughs> they won't stop looking at me. Um, they, uh, so dinosaurs we're working on and, um, and then he sadly passed away, but we had the company was doing a deal with Disney, which that time didn't own ABC, I don't think, but, ABC was interested. Uh, Michael Jacobs came on board who did uh, Boy, not Boy Meets World, uh, My Two Dads. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we sold Dinosaur. So I designed all the characters of that and then, uh, started writing. And that was the beginning of my writing career was on Dinosaurs as a, like, I think co-producer was my title, but I was kind of in charge of the look and then started writing, which was fun. And then, Started writing with Jerry Jewell, um, up at Treasure Island. The company was trying to come up with, they had done a Christmas Carol, which, which I thought was too sweet. People love it and it's a Christmas movie. I thought, God, they're not that funny. I mean, there's fun moments, but it was, it's, you know, it's a heavy story and it was about, and Michael Caine was the lead. And I was like, okay, yeah. but we're doing Muppet movies where a human's the lead. So <laughs> I said, let's, I was pitching, let's do something completely different. Like I like period pieces, but let's do something crazy. And I was a big fan of Pirates of the Caribbean growing up and, and, uh, like Blackbeard's Ghost. I love pirate movies. I'm like, what about Muppets? I mean, we can make all these crazy Muppet pirates. And so, um, we were looking at classic material that was, you know, kind of public domain. So how about Treasure Island? And originally, uh, there were, Long John, I think was a person. 
but Rizzo and Conzo were Jim and Hawkins. So there, Jim Hawkins wasn't a kid. Mm-hmm. And so Jerry Joel and I wrote this insane script that started out like Treasure Island with, with Jim and Hawkins being working in the Ben Benbow, uh, kind of the way the movie is if you took out the little boy, if you took out Kevin, um, and had those two playing the, the role. And then went, when they went to the island, it became a road picture. It just went insane. Like there was a giant tiki god. The movie ended with a giant tiki god chasing everyone down. Like it's like a Harryhausen film. And it just completely off the rails, which is what I, you know, and, and like Indiana Jones kind of stuff, just crazy. And, you know, the problem with Hollywood is they don't like to take risks. And it's like, we're going to do Treasure Island. And at this point, I looked, I looked it up. Treasure Island had been done 12 times. Wow. Every, Charlton Heston, I think his son, Frazier, did a movie with Charlton Heston. It was like the definitive Treasure Island. It's the book. It's the characters done right. There's not like, you know, superfluous musical numbers or comedy. So I'm like, why are we doing it again? Just with, you know, with puppets. Let's, let's take it into the Muppet direction, but either calmer heads prevailed or more boring heads prevailed. Uh, and you know, I think Disney, who was distributing the time, wanted more of a traditional family, you know, film. And it's not that their stuff wasn't a family film. So they brought in, uh, James Hart, who has made a career, uh, of turning classic books into movies. Like he did Dracula, he did Frankenstein. So they brought him in and he did a draft, which brought it back more to the, the book. And then I was sort of the, the, um, <laughs> The uh, voice of insanity and put in things like cabin fever, like the doldrums and just the nuttiness and Polly Lobster being a lobster and <laughs> Jimmy, Jim, 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 all the weird stuff that doesn't really. And, and I had the, to the fight stuff for that it. makes it a Muppet movie. That makes it a Muppet movie that makes it weird and not just Treasure Island. Yeah, like Mr. Bimbo was totally my creation and I had to sell <laughs> Jerry on it. And Jerry Jewell, uh, the sweetest guy, he taught, he had a voice like Orson Bean. I kind of talk like that's great, that's great, okay. Well, that's I would the, our writing, our writing. Uh, we're not even on topic. I'm sorry, this no, is totally boring. We'll, we'll get there. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Our writing process was I would lay on the couch. We're cutting all of this. Yeah. yeah so, it's fine. So anyway, there I was, drunk in Hawaii. Um, so I would lay on the couch and just spew insanity. And Jerry Joel, it was his house and his computer, so he would he managed the keyboard. But um, I just came up with crazy like Mr. Bimbo and Frank Oz when we did the first read through. He's like, I don't know about this, Mr. Bimbo. And it's like, it's <laughs> so he's like, basically, you're saying he's insane. We're like, yeah, he's a rich kid who inherited a shipbuilding company, his daddy's company, and is completely bananas. And he has a little friend. No one will play with him. So, I mean, I had a backstory why he had Mr. Bimbo. <laughs> and he's like, oh, it seems, I don't know. I think we're going to have to cut it. But we, he agreed to do it in the read through and it got huge laughs because he just, I mean, Frank's a genius and it's funny. So he just played it. Ah, Mr. Bimbo, you know, played it like it was real and it was hilarious. So we left it in. So I had a lot of fun with that and that was a great experience. And then, um, let's see. Then Jimmy, I wrote some TV pilots with them. So, you know, as you guys know, but I don't know if your audience knows, like 90% of people who are writers, or sorry, 90% of writers work in entertainment never gets made. You make a living as a writer. There are guys like Sam Hamm who's written so many scripts. I don't know if he's ever gotten his name and something that was, was finished. Right. Um, and he's a great writer. So, uh, not that I'm saying I'm equating myself with Sam Hamm or great writers, but we, I've written, a, I wrote a lot of stuff, TV shows and things that never got made. Three Muppet movies, um, uh, Haunted Mansion one, a Haunted Castle one, a space one, and then started directing on Muppets in, Muppets from Space. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in the late 90s, actually 99, and then got my DGA card. And I'd been doing some stuff for the Henson Hallmark Channel, which became Odyssey. 
And so that's when directing started and then did that. And then 2002 did Very Merry Muppet Christmas, Mm -hmm. which was a big Christmas special for TV. And then 2005, Muppets Wizard of Oz. And then 2008, it was like every two or three years we're doing these TV movies. And then um, like that. So I've been doing, then doing all the web stuff and uh, a lot of commercials now. So, so nothing to do have, with the movies. You've the new movies. You've written for and directed the vast majority of the Muppets. Fair well, to say. If, if you look at the right chunk of time, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> right. in different slices of time in the in the yeah, yeah, yeah. from actors. about 1990 to 2010, yeah, and then you know other people have been coming. If in you look movies. at the right time, that's 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I yeah, did have a small window yeah, exactly. for 20 years. Well, I mean. but the company, you know, my joke is I've been in the company 30 years, so I'm called the new guy. Um, <laughs> although now it's now it's changed. Now that's the Henson Company. That when the, when Disney bought a lot of people don't even know this that Disney bought the Muppet franchise. In 2004, I think. Mm -hmm. And so now the Muppets are Disney and Henson is Henson. And so the Henson, like Dark Cross and all that is Henson and the Muppets. That's the new show coming out is not, has nothing to Henson family. Right. Doesn't have anything to do with it. So, so I got two companies that I work with now as a freelancer. Interesting. So, so then, uh, obviously you're very well qualified to discuss this with us. What? <laughs> Wait, what is this? Uh, we're doing best religion. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Zoroastrianism, like, one of the oldest religions on the planet. <laughs> always trying to sneak it in there. What? So, so let's let's establish some ground rules. Okay. Uh, Mark and I talked about this a little bit. We're gonna we're going to include the sets of anything created by the Henson Company. Okay. So, great. Uh, so that would include, but not Walter. But not Walter. Yeah, not Walter. Walter, you're gone. Yeah, Walter's out. He was created by like other people. J- yeah. J- Jason Siegel. So, Lovely guy, but yeah. not. And then the movie could <laughs> – let's not even get into that movie. <laughs> Walter, you're out. Wow. Sorry. But but we could include uh, – who is the villain? Um, Constantine. Constantine yes. was basically the classic evil. Okay. So up through Constantine, but not Walter. But that I, don't include- why, I don't know why we're, we're, we're talking about <laughs> characters. We're talking about Muppets that are – Clearly not going to win. <laughs> but we're anyway. including uh, Yoda would it, would be included. Oh wow, Yoda. Okay, because um, he's technically not a Muppet. He's a Henson. Actually, he's not even a Henson puppet. He's built by the Star Wars crew. He's just puppeteered by Frank Oz. Okay, because I, no, I thought Henson. Um, no, Henson the creature shop did He consulted on it, but it was built by Stuart Freeborn and like Wendy Froud sculpted him. And okay, and, and it was yeah. That, that's technically. The creature shop didn't exist then. I think they were just starting on Dark Crystal because that was the late seventies. That's so. That's why you're here. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's Bye, weird that I, I know this stuff. I don't even have to read a Cinefix. What, um, what about Job of the Hut? Now, what, here's another interesting. <laughs> you were originally the Rancor was not uh, motion capture. Yeah, it was a suit, and I, it was supposed to. For be those who don't suit, know what the right? Rancor is, well, the Rancor pit monster from Jedi was the yeah. big beastie that that Luke was thrown in, down into the pit to be eaten by. Yeah. Um. Originally, George wanted to do that, wanted to do that as a guy in a suit, and I remember I was in the screening room and with Dennis Murin and Phil Tippett and some of the other crew, and they're kind of like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> and he was like, "Because we were going to do it stop motion. That was Phil's strength, and yeah. he had done the the." Tauntauns in, in Empire and the chess set in, in Star Wars. And I think that was it for, I mean, he did a couple flying creatures in Dagobah, but stop motion was his wheelhouse. And George is like, no, I want you to do as a guy in a suit. And we thought, well, that's why. I mean, he said, and George, this is like George being a, like coy. 
He's like, well, you can do it better than those Japanese guys in those Godzilla movies. Like, show them, you know, show them what we can do now with the technology and everything. We're sort of like, but. <laughs> so <laughs> he wanted, like, he wanted yeah. a, a, an integral character in The Return of the Jedi just to be a middle finger to Japan. I, well, yeah. That, I mean, you know, I'm not, I cannot speak for George Lucas, but that was the impression. It's like, show them how it's done. Come on. You, and he was like a challenge to Phil and the creature crew. I'm like, come on, you guys. And so we tried it and, and this suit was originally built. It was ridiculous because it was not designed to be a guy in a suit. So it has this giant head, these stumpy legs, these long arms. Yeah. So we built it around a stuntman who was about 5'8". And the head alone probably weighed like 40 pounds. Because wow. a big fiberglass thing with mechanical jaw and eyes. And um, we put it on him. So it, was, it, it took like two or three weeks to build it. And so I think this was – I'm trying to remember the timeline. I think we had done production. like it was, They'd shot a lot of the live action. Um. So we built the suit and the stunt guy and he literally just fell forward. He couldn't stand up and it was so heavy. So they said, well, you know, <laughs> my joke is who's stupid enough to try this? I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> I want to be the Rancor. I want to be the Rancor. So, and I think secretly Phil wanted it to tank. So he's like, yeah, you should be the Rancor. You'll do a good job. Um, so I put on the Rancor suit and I could move around in it because I, I, you know, whatever the weight distribution was better, but it was a nightmare. You're completely blind. This is 80s technology. So I had a, like a 12 to 15 pound Sony monitor strapped to my chest. Oh. So you could see what you're doing because you're completely blind. The head yeah. was, it was like putting your head in a small refrigerator. Um, and you're right. I do that in the summertime well, when exactly, it's really yeah. hot. Exactly. But this is the reverse. It was really warm and humid in there. Oh. Yeah. Um, your right hand worked the head and the jaw. The, your left hand, sort of like the reverse of Big Bird, worked the left arm with arm extensions. And then the right arm was a, like a rod puppet arm with a big rod out the back where they would move the fingers. So it was very, very, um, awkward. And then to look giant, we, they put him in this set with stalactites, you know, made out of foam and plaster, but you had to hunch over to come through. So, so we start filming and I'm like breaking stalactites, just turning because you can't see there's cables coming out the back. It was just crazy. And I think we shot for two days, high speed tests. So, you know, we built the set and we, and we tried it. I remember we, one of my jobs was building the, the little pig guard that he was supposed to eat. And we made him out of gelatin so you could tear the head off and, and then, so after all this, it was like, yeah, no, you're right. It doesn't look very good. <laughs> so the, what well, the amazing thing is the rancor in the movie that looks ginormous is the yeah. size of Kermit the Frog. He's a hand puppet. Wow. He's a high speed hand puppet, rod puppet. So, uh, and that, uh, uh, that was amazing that it works so well. I mean, it really is like a Ray Harryhausen thing. It's just tiny and it, it looks enormous. Just, just to take us deeper into that, into that rabbit hole for a second, you mentioned deeper the reverse of uh, Big Bird. Deeper. Yes. Deeper into the hole we go. Yes. Marvelous. In puppeteering, there's a hand this and rod puppet. Orson Welles. <laughs> like a hand rod, a hand and rod puppet would be Kermit. Mm-hmm. Where there's mm-hmm. a hand, the right hand is up inside and the left hand is working two rods to right. manipulate the arms. Right. A, uh, and a Kardashian is also a rod yes. puppet. Yeah. Then, then a, a puppet like Cookie Monster or Oscar the Grouch, the the left hand works the 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 head and mouth. Mm-hmm. The right hand uh, is through the right arm, and then you have somebody who comes in and does what's called left arming. Is that is Actually, that right handing? They right, do right oh, handing because right their so puppeteer uses the, the right hand. hand to do the mouth. Right, they're all trained to. It's like playing the guitar. There are some puppeteers who are lefties, but they all have to work right-handed because that's kind of how everything's built. Mm-hmm. So the right hand works the mouth. Yeah. The left hand works if it's like yeah, it's Kermit that works the rods. If it's like Swedish Chef or. Somebody works the left hand, Oscar yes. or Big Bird. But sometimes, like Swedish Chef, very often you'll have because it's so um, uh, precise. D- yes, and dexterous. You have to yeah. be able to do things. So two guys doing it is just cluster yeah. foo. So you have one guy doing the head and the other guy doing the hands, which right. is sort of funny. 
just to watch it because they're almost like bobsled team. Like one guy's, you know, nose is in the other guy's neck. Yeah. So why, <laughs> yeah. why would the, uh, why would the one hand, um, why, why would it not always be one's controlling the mouth and one's controlling, controlling arms? both hands? Because a lot of times you just don't need both hands. Like Fozzie Bear when he's doing yeah. his stand up, he doesn't need both hands to wave around. He right. just, you'll see him, he goes, hey, and he's kind of moving his left hand around. But when it's, yeah, when he's working with props, very specific, you know, uh, Bunsen and Beaker very often because they're always working in the lab and, mm-hmm. and Swedish chef. Typically, when they're doing things like pouring, you know, beakers or pulling things apart or whatever they're doing, it's one guy doing the hands and one guy doing the head. Okay. So, so I had a teacher, uh, Michael Earl, who worked on Sesame Street in the late seventies, early eighties. Oh wow! And he he got to right arm for oh. Frank Oz. I think um, I forget what character Cookie? it was. I think it was Cookie Monster. Because that's so yeah. your job as the as the right arm is to do very little. You stay probably close to the body, right. and you maybe mirror gestures if right. if somebody's gesticulating. But he was so nervous that he kept moving the right arm. And at a certain point, Frank Oz grabbed it. So you, if you were watching, you would see Cookie Monster grab his own right hand I've and hold that. it down I've by his side. I've heard that happening, yeah. So that, that happened to uh, Michael, who also operated Snuffleupagus. Oh, that wow. Was his when, main, when that was Marty? his main gig. When it was when they were doing the Muppet show, so it was late seventies. Oh, okay. So they would be over in London. They would come in and shoot all their stuff in like right, 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 right. The rest of the wow. time they would fill in with segments. Oh, bird! <laughs> um, yeah. If I may, gentlemen, no, please, um, bring us back. No, I would like to. Well, I would like to bring us back. Uh, thank you for uh, boring the heck no, out of you for ruining. <laughs> For ruining uh, these characters for me yes. with discussions of <laughs> how, how their mechanics done. work. Their eyes are ping pong balls. Their Wait, eyes are ping pong balls. <laughs> um, let us disregard that. That uh, I'm going to pull, pull out the little Men in Black flashy thing, and these are these characters are real, living, breathing characters. Yes, of the course. Muppets. Who is Go. the best one? Who is the best one? Who is the so best you said you were going to set ground rules. Okay. Yes. You were saying, oh, that's how we got off on Yoda and all that. So, yes. so made by the Henson Company. So Yoda is out, yeah. but we would include Labyrinth, Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal, yeah. Um, okay. The Fraggles right. would Fraggles. be included as well. Are you going all the way back to Ed Sullivan or like we Phenomenon? We go back to, yeah, okay. to Ed Jeez. Sullivan. Was gonna but I mean, Phenomenon, Ed Sullivan? Yeah. Well, that was know. where it first, uh, yeah, first appeared, I think, was in Sullivan. But I mean, those, though, there are certain mm. Muppets that while well, we love them, we're probably not going to be in the running for Beth Walter. Muppet. I think we're going to come back <laughs> to Walter eventually, and he'll be the winner. Surprise twist ending. Well, look, why don't we start with the honorable mentions then? Sure. Um, the, the Fraggles, I don't think any of the Fraggles are going to win individually. Wow, dude. But I love Fraggle Rock. Um, right. Me too. The, the, and we've mentioned Madam Trash Heap on this show. All right. And maybe Four different episodes. Yeah, no, three. We just three. hit the three mark. Somehow we're we're just obsessed. We have, we're both obsessed with Madam Trashy. Right. Marjorie is her name, right? Marjorie. Oh wow, you guys. I Thank did not work on Fraggle Rock, so I don't know. I watched <laughs> a few. I like Junior Gorg because yeah, he was yeah. just an excuse. Fraggle just to be a giant idiot. Yeah. And, and there's no like. He's just a giant idiot, and he could be stupid. He was like uh, the abominable snowman, like oh, love yeah. him, pet him, just that kind of big <laughs> dopey guy. But yeah, is he the best Muppet? Mm, yeah, I, Sprocket too. I, Sprocket, Sprocket was really was great. interesting because he was one of the few Muppets that was an animal that never spoke. Like right, he was right. just a dog. stayed an animal. And yeah. Really yeah. well, you know, really well played. I had a, I had a stuffed Sprocket that was like prized to me when I was a child. Wow. Did, and, did you ever see the storyteller, Jim Henson storyteller? If it's 
Oh yeah. my gosh, because there was a dog in that who talked but looked like a real dog. Oh my god. Brian Henson did him and did the voice and it was amazing. So if you're going to the dogs, you'd have to include dog. His name was just dog. So dog would be in there. Dog would be in there. All right. Wow. This but they, is just but enormous. I think those are all like honorable These mentions. are outliers. I, I'll go even, go even up a level. I mean, a lot of Sesame Street, I think we're going to come down to a core group there mm-hmm. that we could mm-hmm. keep. Um, I would actually, I'll, I'll, accelerate the eliminations and i would say i love dr teeth and the electric yes. mayhem but wait a minute i would probably now. i wouldn't i wouldn't put any of them individually up really i think wow. you wouldn't put I, animal up i like animal, animal a lot yeah you're he's definitely get... the breakout star of sure. that band right which is just, rare for a band for the drummer to be the breakout star <laughs> i, I love zoot though he was my favorite i thought he zoot. was the coolest yeah zoot i think in the entire history of zoot has said nine lines of dialogue yeah really they're one word but he yeah. had that hey everybody like i love that no that's am i thinking of uh thinking floyd of, r pepper floyd i'm is, thinking of floyd, floyd hey, zoot is, is, zoot is yeah, the yeah, blue yeah, guy yeah. who literally says nothing oh that's right floyd's guitar floyd is is you know Speaks, but, but yeah, he's I feel like, like Zoot sounds very similar. He does. No, like, he's just like hey. Charlie Parker. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's similar. He's got that kind of <laughs> jazz hipster and I do voice. Like a, yeah. I do like a Muppet that knows and enjoys Charlie Parker. Yeah, yeah. we well, just the, we just found out in the Christmas special that Zoot was Jewish. Really? Yeah, we never did. He walks in <laughs> the Christmas party and he goes Shalom. <laughs> <laughs> and Dave Dave Goals, who does Zoot, just. Ad-libbed it and it was hilarious, so we kept it in and, and oh, that is I think great. it's in the movie. I don't and know. it just became canon. Now. It just became canon. Yeah, Zoot's Jewish. Oh, that's great. It's, you know, quietly um, Jewish, but but I mean, would we? You want to keep? You should we keep Animal for later? <laughs> I think so. He's got to be in. Animal's got to be in the mix. But we love the band. We love the band. Love um, the band. Animal is responsible for, uh, and and I know with the uh, this. Wasn't one of your projects, uh, of the Muppets, I'm, but I'm, I'm still offended. going to talk about it. Uh, I hope you're not offended. I'm leaving uh, the room. <laughs> I love you. Oh, he's gone. Oh, God. Did you hear that, everybody? He left. An, an eagle picked him up and carried him away. <laughs> oh, it's gone. Um, <laughs> Animal, Animal has a drum, this is gonna sound silly, a drum fill in the, uh, in the Jason Siegel Muppet movie. Uh, okay. A drum, he has a drum fill in that movie that gave me chills in when the band kicks in and he's mm-hmm. allowed to finally drum again while they're playing Rainbow Connection. Oh, right. And it's right. going into the chorus and it's, there's been no drums the whole song right. and Animal just, blah, 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 blah. Right, right, right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. That is, so that you, moment you, alone you, puts You animal. get goosebumps, don't you? I did. I, I could see the hair. Yeah, well, just, and there's also the moment in the Muppet movie where he's enlarged and scares yeah, all the giant, you know, the like, giant. Animals. The Muppets wouldn't exist without Animal's contribution in that Fair enough. true. He Fair killed, enough. he killed or stomped Doc Hopper. Or, yes. He didn't kill. Well, no, I mean, he, he stopped. Him I, yeah, yeah, he stopped him from. Uh, he stopped Doc Hopper. He killed. In my version, he killed and ate him. Yeah, <laughs> tore his head off and ate him. They, well, he they was cut made of gelatin. Him. The version of Doc exactly, Hopper. exactly. So and it was a man in a suit. And yeah. he'd already yeah. shrunk back down, which is really <laughs> weird. He just <laughs> ate him. It's just funny. It was months. just funny. It was like you know, uh, Shaun of the Dead funny, but it was funny. Yeah, it worked. Uh, is there anybody you guys think would? Well, I'm, I want to go the other direction, like okay. Kermit, because I mean, everyone's going to say Kermit, of course, best Muppet ever. He was in Sesame Street. He was in the Muppet Show. He was in everything they've ever Mike done. Douglas. No, not yeah, Mike I mean, Douglas. and he's yeah. also the longest. There's also Rolf the dog. So yes. those two, I think, everyone's going to be like, oh, it's Kermit or Rolf. So I don't know. Like, I, interesting, I, Kermit or Rolf. Uh, I mean, I knew Rolf was older. You wouldn't put uh, Piggy up there at the top. Ah, boy, that's tough. That's I, the duo that I hear. I hear, I hear Kermit, Kermit and Piggy. Yeah. Piggy. Well, they're they're the you know they're the um, who would they be? They're the um, Superman and Wonder Woman of of, of, right. of the Muppet canon, Muppet yeah. universe. Ah, it's tough. Like best Muppet, I think Piggy's become kind of one note. I mean, this is my personal opinion, but mm-hmm. how many high ahs and vanity jokes? I mean, she's funny as heck. 
Um, like comedy, you can be one note and that can be the, the, the thing. Kermit's just such a team player. He's just can go anywhere. He can be mm-hmm. silly. He can be serious and charming. Um, so I'm just going to stop right now and say Kermit the Frog. Thank you. Good night, Mike Trouble. Oh, no, he's gone. He came back. Oh, that's <laughs> Eagle again. That was <laughs> Darn it. Um, how did he do it? <laughs> let's, so, okay. So, see, Kermit I just, I just my, killed your whole only, show. Here's my only beef with Kermit the Frog. Ooh, a beef? Yeah. I feel like Kermit Rowan the Frog Shade. is, Kermit the Frog is frequently a defeatist. Mm-hmm. And it takes the other guys on the team oh, no, to no. rally Kermit back. That's been only recently because that's the big dramatic point. Kermit's giving up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was the plot of, of Muppet, the first Muppet movie I directed, Muppet's Very Merry Muppet Christmas. Mm-hmm. Kermit essentially passively commits suicide by allowing himself to freeze on a park bench and he gives up. <laughs> That's the movie. I mean, whether you like it or not. I that. I didn't. I'm going to have Kermit commit Well, I had to fight. I said, because they're like, well, that's, and I said, well, no, he doesn't actively do it. He sits in a park bench in the freezing cold. It could just be he was despondent and frozen to death. Because <laughs> um, it wasn't, a, it wasn't like, you know, he took a rope or anything. I said, but that's, I mean, if you want drama, I, I don't do things by shades of gray. It's like, you right. want a depressing movie or you want drama. Kermit's going to allow himself to freeze to death. But and in the end, he always does rally the troops. But that's what I mean. But yeah. in the end, yeah, he has to come around to bring everyone out. I mean, that's the plot of the Jason Siegel movie. Right. I mean, but it's it, sort of... It does take help. I mean, even in Muppet movie, I think he has some moments where he's a little bit down. And that's where I think... That's yeah. why I would throw yeah. Fozzie Bear in, who I think is right. the heart of the Muppets. Mm-hmm. He's the one who, like, if he's sad right. or hurt, right. True. something terrible has yeah. happened. And he has eternal optimism. Yeah, I mean, he's the worst comedian on the planet. He doesn't give he up. Will never stop. Like, and you're right. That is kind of the core of the Muppets ethos. Is like, we don't care how stupid and goofy. We're friends. We stick together, and we just gonna keep trying until until we until we make it. Gosh darn it! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! An eagle just ate Hal. Oh no! <laughs> Picking out his liver. Um, <laughs> It's a Greek, it's a Greek thing, you I'm guys. Back. Yeah. Back. Oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> you haven't been using your liver anyway. You don't drink. No, that's right. It's completely useless. And what's Herbie. in that? What's in that bottle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's that absinthe. Absinthe cough syrup. <laughs> absinthe um, has alcohol in it. Hell. <laughs> oh darn it! Let's take a little departure um, for a moment and go to Sesame Street. Okay. Let's dun, talk. Dun, 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 Can you dun, tell me dun, how to get dun, there? Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. I, it's well, cool. It's I have a, a GPS day. on my phone. Now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, Sesame Street. Uh, Big Bird, Snuffleupagus, Grover, Grover Cookie, Grover, Cookie Monster, Elmo. Elmo took over the franchise in the 90s. Which was weird. Uh, well, cause he, he's kids, you know, kids yeah. loved Elmo. The, the he's adults. wonderful. I, yeah, I, yeah, I know, but he, it became the Elmo show. Yeah. For a long time. And, um, I, but I don't think anyone was going to the bank going, oh no, more Elmo toys have been sold. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it became the Elmo show. They actually started doing Elmo's world and, and stuff within that. I, just because he was so successful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oscar the Grouch was always Oscar one of my Everyone loves right? Oscar. Everybody loves Oscar the Grouch. Is there anybody, fr- I mean, Big Bird obviously would make it out of the, if we were doing a final four of Muppets, I uh-huh. feel like, I feel like Big Bird would be the one who would advance. Yeah. Over out Cookie of Monster? Sesame, over Cookie and Oscar? Cookie's great. Here, uh, here's a, and Grover. The, what I about mean, the, yeah, there's uh, so many great ones. Count Von Count, who Count, yeah. has the best Twitter account of any of the Muppets. Oh, really? It is mm. him. It's since, I think, 2010. Right. He's been counting up from one. And right now, <laughs> it's not every day. Some days it's multiple. But he gets, he's up to, he's up in like the 490s right now. And it'll be like, it'll just be like, just 
the today's is like 472, and then the next day will be 473. Ah, 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 ah. Does he tweet in that accent? Yes. <laughs> It's, it That's says, awesome. I wonder ah. what will come That's next. That's awesome. It's how so does great. he, how does he, how do you spell? Ah, ah, ah. A H A H A H A H. Come on. Yeah. That's it. That's exactly how he spells it. Well, I didn't know if there was a, if there was a way to spell a glottal stop. Yeah. Probably in European, in German there is. You should put a couple of umlaut or something. Yeah, yeah. They have a way to do everything. A Schnelden, I think it's known as. Put the Schnelden over the A. Or if not, I just made that up. You know what? This, uh, our next guest next week, we have, uh, <laughs> Sheldon A. Sheldon A. <laughs> oh, yes, good to be here. Welcome. Hello. Ooh. Oh, uh, oh. Uh, pigs in space. Oh, pigs my goodness. Julie, you were doing a Julia Strangeport kind of thing there. That's so. right. What That's is the, awesome. What is the, um, oh, what is his name? The, the. Link Hogthrob? Link Heartthrob. Hogthrob. 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 Boy, is that, I forgot how much fun that yeah, was. Yeah, Pigs in Space, he was such a big, he was like David Hasselhoff mm-hmm. before there was actually David Hasselhoff. Yes. <laughs> David Hasselhoff <laughs> modeled his it's, career. It's true. On Hogthrob. David, I, okay, sidebar. David Hasselhoff came to the screening of, I think it was Muppets Wizard of Oz and sat two people next to me he didn't know who i was it was it was at the tribeca film festival mm-hmm. he laughed like a mental patient on uppers he <laughs> had so much fun like and not like <laughs> he was like <laughs> and i thought he's either really high or he just he's an easy good you know and he's he, i talked to him after was like i'm the director of this movie i want you to come to every screening i ever do because i've never seen anyone enjoy a film more it's like oh it's great and he was just such an enthusiastic guy so whatever you say about his his um acting skills or i he's an awesome person yeah <laughs> it's, well, it's a good laugher it's surprising when you find out that Everyone is a Muppet fan. Yes. yes, which is always great for guest stars because we'll get amazing. people that you would think, well, it's a Sesame Street. Oh, yeah. Getting like, you know, Michael Stipe and Ricky Gervais. I mean, Ricky Gervais just could not have more fun with the Muppets. The reason he did the, the last movie, he just, he'd done Sesame and he just had so much fun with Elmo. Yeah. When you're directing, yeah. who do you direct? <clears throat> it's funny. It's interchangeable. Usually if it's technical, I talk to the performer. If it's a character moment, sometimes I'll talk to the character. It depends on the scene. If it's a big action thing, I'll just say, hey, you know, run through faster, you know, banana around that thing because the camera loses you. Uh, But it's like you just talk to them and they sort of respond. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so, hey, Kermit, or sometimes I will. Like, if we're rolling and you're just like, hey, Kermit, you know, uh, be more excited. Okay. You know, and it's weird. And and people (laughs) who are visiting, like, lose their minds. Yeah. They've They're like, oh, my God, he's good. It's like. (laughs) <laughs> they, they understand that like it's real on the monitor. There's the Muppets living in the world. You just don't yeah. look down or you don't look at the set. Yeah. Um. So we do both, and it's fun to because then you banter with them. I mean, a lot of there's a lot of sassy talk in between takes, or like when you're rolling and somebody screws up a line. There's a lot of um blue language. Oh, things get oh, blue. Yeah. In the well, and it's funny. So then you're just talking back to them, like you know, you're and you start riffing with the Muppet, not with the performer, and it's. I think it helps everybody. It keeps them in character, but it also maintains the illusion. There's like an energy. I don't know. Every It's like a play. You know, there's an energy on set created by the performance and the tone, the lighting. And the same thing with the Muppets or any comedy, I would assume, um, that you, you, you get that energy going and it's easier for them to stay in character than to break character, especially if you're not cutting and just kind of redo it or pick up that moment. Yeah. Um, so yeah, talk to both of them depending on the, on the, on the, the tone of the moment. And also, yeah, if it's really technical, I'll say, Hey, you know, you're, <laughs> I see your head. <laughs> <laughs> 
Steve, Steve does a great thing, and maybe he picked it up from Jim and Frank back in the day, but you, Steve has, you know, blonde, fluffy hair. So Kermit's always like, oh, look, there's my dog. <laughs> Starts basically patting himself on the top of the head, but on camera, it looks like Kermit's being followed around by like a tribble, you know, like this big, big blonde tribble. But that's, that's, that's the magic of the, that's why, uh, the Broadway show Avenue Q works. We're yes. so trained to think of, right. of the Muppets as living beings. Yeah, yeah. That you can go see a Broadway show where, where the, the puppet operators are right in sight. They have yeah. to walk around with these puppets. Right. We've never seen Avenue Q and it comes on tour. You get to see video of it. It's, it's right. amazing. And, and the whole time you're just concentrating on the puppet and it's a hundred percent real. You're, you're brought into that world. Yeah. So, um, like I can imagine like, taking a class and learning how to do it was like yeah. Well, it's like yeah. ventriloquist. You look at the dummy talks, and the great story was when Jim was doing Carson as Kermit the Frog. And I don't know if it was early when he was, but Jim would sit there with Kermit, kind of you know next to him. He wasn't hiding. By, it wasn't when Kermit was hosting. It was just Jim and and Kermit was laughing. You know, he, he, Jim would say, and and they talked to Kermit. And so they went to commercial, and the sound guy or Freddie Cordova, the producer, comes up and goes, Jim, when you do Kermit, do you drop your voice? It was like your voice get quieter. I'm like Jim's not. I'm not a ventriloquist. So it's my same voice. I'm like, well, when you're doing Kermit, the you're, it, the it's dropping. The level is dropping. Jim's like, I'm literally just, this is me. And then when Kermit talks, you know, I'm not doing anything. And so they started back up and they, he was watching the, the boom guy was Mike and Kermit. Oh, that's wow. Perfect. So they were really directional back then. And so he was going to Jim and joining Kermit. I love that story. That's incredible. Before lav mics. Yeah. So he was, the guy was so caught up on the go to Kermit. And the other thing cameramen do all the time is they, you know, you give an actor an eyeline. So for people who aren't involved in the business we call show, yes. you'll very often, an actor is looking at supposedly another person or a Superman or a planet blowing up and there's nothing there. They're looking at a blue screen or a wall or just the camera crew. Yeah. So they'll say, we'll give you an eyeline. So look here and they'll either put a piece of tape or something. Tennis well, a tennis ball. Yeah. Or just look here on the camera. Um, but puppets don't look through their eyes. So a first time camera crew, the first week, lies go, well, here, your eyelines over here and be like waving their hand or putting a piece of tape. We'll just put a, we'll put, <laughs> see what that red ball is. Just look over there. And they're like, I can't, I, you have to put it on my monitor because <laughs> they, they just get so caught up in the, in the reality of them. And it's, it's, we were talking about un- uncanny valley too. Um, and this kind of goes back to best Muppet. Mm-hmm. The, I, I find that the most stylized are the most, uh, attractive or enigmatic are the ones that suck you in the most because, well, A, the puppeteers are so good, mm-hmm. but B, your mind fills in the blanks. Yeah. It's like Harrison Ford's school of acting. <laughs> the less you do, <laughs> the more the audience gets sucked in to go. So the super stylized Muppets like Cookie Monster, Rolf the Dog, Kermit, yeah. you know, they don't have eyebrows. They don't blink. They don't even have eyelids. Kermit doesn't even have eyelids. Yeah. I mean, he's just two goggly staring yeah. eyes. And you think, well, how do you get all? I mean, again, it's to their performer's amazing skill but also to the fact that like good plays, you know, it could be a black curtain with a prop and you're like, no, we're in the castle, you know, uh, same thing with the Muppets. So that sort of uncanny valley of, you know, trying to get them more real, like I said, Stal and Walter for the most kind of realistic Muppets we have. Yeah. Everyone else is a big, simple, colorful shape. I mean, Sesame Street, really. I mean, they're just one color mm-hmm. and eyes, <laughs> maybe a nose. <laughs> um, and, and then a piggy is, is one of the, she's not realistic, but she's sculpted and everything, but most of them are really, really simple. And I think that's what makes them so charming is you get sucked into that simplicity and your mind kind of fills in the blanks. We were talking about this last night with somebody, you guys maybe, but we've had people swear that Miss Piggy flutters her eyelashes. 
you know, she turns coquettishly and flutters her eyes. Her eyes don't move. Her eyes don't move. Her she doesn't hurt. She has eyelids, but they don't blink. So it's 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 people filling the blank that again makes pulls you in as opposed to pushing you away because you're not going. It doesn't look like a real pig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's. I think that's why some of the most successful ones are animal Kermit. You know, there there's not animal supposedly a human, but. Not very human looking. You know, he yeah. looks more like a thing. Wait, animal is supposedly a human? like a human. Well, actually, the no. whole band. You know, he's not an animal. I mean, he's not an animal. <laughs> he's called animal, but right. he's supposed to be a crazy hippie drummer. Based you on know? Keith Moon, right? Personality wise, I don't think so. No, okay. I think he was just based on kind of drummers who were sort of animal. Mm-hmm. Just kind of. But Moon was crazy, but not monosyllabic. Maybe it was the drumming style. The drumming it, style, yeah, yeah, it was kind of yeah. Keith Moon. Um, um, I wasn't there when he was created, so I can't speak, you know, I can't sure. confirm or deny, but, uh, he, he definitely is a human, but so stylized that right. again, he becomes iconic. And people come in all colors, you guys. It's true. <laughs> it's I was going to make so, a really bad joke, but I'm not going to. <laughs> what a gentleman. Thank you. <laughs> so, so, oh my God. <laughs> so if anybody can see the pantomime that just happened. <laughs> so let's, let's, so animal to, wins. Yeah. Animal wins. Okay. Good night. Right, good night. Five minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we flew off an eagle. All right. Let's, let's, let's get back to, um, you bikini you're a, girls. You're doing a great job of, of ruining uh, your show, of ruining the characters that I love that I think yes. are real characters. So thanks again. Um, who, I, it looks like we need to pull one from, from Sesame Street, put them in the top five for the, the lightning eight, round for the light. Well, we got it. Well, I mean, just yeah, to, yeah. to, for the sake of, all right. I'll tell you what, let's each nominate three. Okay. <laughs> we'll each nominate three. Because I, we'll I feel like I kind of want to get the best Muppet part out of the way. So many great and just Muppets. ask Talk you more stories. I know. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay, so, the best Muppet is definitively Uncle Deadly. Thank you. Uncle Deadly. There it is. Oh. Or Big Mean Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Who is Big Mean Carl? Oh, my God. Big Mean Carl came, I think, from Muppet Tonight. He's hilarious. Go on, everyone right now, go onto the YouTube and watch <laughs> Muppets uh, stand by me and you'll see who Big Mean Carl is. He's this giant puppet and he talks like this and he's got goggly eyes and horns and he just, he's just really stupid and friendly and he eats everybody. Hi, I'm Carl and he just eats. <laughs> so, and, and the funny ones are the bunnies. We have these little bunnies, just cute little pop-eyed bunnies, you know, that just super fluffy and cute and just him eating bunnies eats the funniest <laughs> all day long. You just want to watch him. So this, well, I'll Muppets describe tonight had insanity. There was some was insanity insane. on Build Bubble guy? Hi, I'm Bill. Bubbles come out of my head. That was, <laughs> that was his bed. That was his whole bed. And then he goes, bubbles shoot out of his head. And then the little thing would pop up and like four or five bubbles. He goes, oh, my favorite was Dave just asked this. He goes, oh, a deuce. <laughs> Two big bubbles come out. And it was just so perfect in the moment and not written. You know, you want to go, oh, yeah, we wrote that. But Dave just, because you didn't know. It was just a simple yeah. bubble blowing gag. So whatever you get, sometimes you get a stream of little ones. And so he would always react in the moment to what his, his, his bubble. Yeah, we had fun with that show. Mr. Poodle Pants. Mr. Poodle Pants. The best Muppet. Mr. The Poodle best Pants. Muppet. That's one of my three. I'm going to pick really you esoteric ones. That's fine. I'm going to go right. Uncle Deadly, Big Mean Carl, Mr. Poodle Pants. Okay. Mark? Uh, well... <laughs> Since we need some more traditional ones in this mix, um, I am going to go. I'm gonna. I'll, I will say uh, Kermit the Frog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> I know. I know. Oh, I'll throw. I'll find one crazy one to throw in at the end. I will say Kermit the Frog. I will say Fozzie Bear. And traditionalist. I look, man. I love these guys. And I do Walter. Too. No, I know. <laughs> <laughs> no. no! 
Kirk leapt out the window. Oh, God. And we... It's okay. Oh, the, eagle. God, God, was God. There. the eagle's there. Um, Home, Leonidas. And I... Uh, God, I, I feel like I want to just pick an obscure one. Not not even obscure, but uh, but it's going to not be but him. Sesame, or I mean, you, you were yeah. you were talking about a uh, Sesame character. Sweetums, I love Sweetums oh, okay. so much. Wow, that, I was, love that was what I was thinking. Sweetums of also. is. I want to go to Hollywood. Yeah. Sweetums is Jack, not name Jack Jobs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll take Gonzo, who I love. <sighs> you guys are going for the obvious choice. But these are like, if we don't yes. touch upon these, people are going to go crazy. Uh, Scooter and Skeeter from Muppet Babies. Good night, everybody. No, um, no, 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 not at all. <laughs> no, wait, not Scooter. Although I, not I, Scooter. I, I like Look, Scooter. Kermit couldn't have held exactly. the Muppet Show together. Yeah. As well as he did without that stage. Great manager. utility guy. I still, when I when I at a place with dressing rooms and somebody asks me to get somebody, I always go five minutes, Mister Boom Boom Boom, like whatever. <laughs> it's it's in our lexicon. I, but I wouldn't pay. I'll, I'll go Gonzo. Um, and you always say Mister Boom Boom Boom, which is confusing. Mister Boom Boom Boom. You don't mess with, You don't remember Mister Boom Boom Boom. Is he related to Mister Bimbo? Yes, <laughs> distant cousin. Yeah. Um, I'll go Big Bird. No, yeah, once you go Big Bird, you never you'll never go. <laughs> Um, and I'll, I'll also take my favorite Muppet from childhood, which is Grover. I, I love Grover. Grover. Too, yeah. Grover captured my imagination. I loved Super Grover. He was fun. Did he you ever have the pure book, joy? Um, there's a monster at the end of this book. Yes. Or, or I, I didn't have it, but I've seen it. Yeah. I was uh, a little old when it came out. That was my favorite book as a child. Because I would do it and I'd be like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to turn the page, Grover. <laughs> it was just such an imaginative way of right, right, book. I right. loved Grover. Yeah. I loved Grover, too. Okay, it's Grover. <laughs> Sorry, did I jump the gun again? A little. Wait, where in the script are we? Are we on page 12? We're on page 12. Yeah, yeah. But, but, page, the bo- but the bottom of page, page 12. Page 12 of 11. Go ahead, check it and see what it says. Oh, I'm What's sorry. I, I skipped a line. <laughs> <laughs> the hell, that was hilarious. Was that, was that one? Okay. Yeah, that was good. That was hilarious. We're back on track now. <laughs> wow, sorry. Your teleprompter blows. We're, we're editing all of this out. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> what about this part? It's only going to be. What the, about this part? It's only going to be when we introduce you. That's all we're keeping. What about this part? I was going to keep saying that just to make you insane. What about this part? Yes, this part. What about this part? So, so we have so not. If you guys heard this part, he didn't edit it out. <laughs> you just heard that part that was supposed to be cut, and it wasn't. How did you? How does the editing? Did yeah. you cut that part? Maybe use the hashtag still in there. If I didn't <laughs> try that, I hate that hashtag. <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> okay, moving on. So who who can we eliminate from that final nine? Is there anyone? I mean, do we start attacking? <laughs> Did we all get, of wait a minute. Wait a minute. I've got to. Yeah, we have to attack. But, well, no, you may not. Wait, how is Miss Piggy not? She did not make the final. I, I expected you to pick her. I certainly. Uh, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> all right, you know what? I'm no. I'm, I'm Sweetums is great. I'm going Kermit <gasps> Piggy Fozzie. Oh, that's just so that obvious. Seems, seems right, but he's we like Superman, this. Batman, Spider-Man. I mean, come on. But and that's I, the thing is like <laughs> how how many people like you name some great Muppets that are obscure. How many people will know them? You're, the true the true fans will know them. If you knew them <laughs> and you'd have to you didn't have to look them up on Muppet Wiki, then you are a true fan, and I will personally give you a golden coconut when I meet you. <laughs> See, you get to walk away from this. We have to deal with the fallout. Yeah. We have to pick the most popular Muppets, but they're also, but you I mean, are, those are my favorite. I mean, I love Cookie Monster, too. Mm. It's so hard to leave him out. And you said, and you, you it's like said, like, your favorite Python. Who's the funniest member of Monty Python? I, oh, we could do that and, all week. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah. It's, it is impossible. So it's an impossible task, but we are going to decide it. We're we going to do it. The next three minutes. <laughs> yes. We have, we don't, we don't have to do three minutes. We can do, this is going to be a five hour episode. Okay, yeah. excellent. Um, intermission. <laughs> all right, so I'm, 
I'm sorry that I took the bullet and put Miss Piggy in and had to take Sweetums out. You want Sweetums in there, Kirk. You can take out one of your crazy horned bunny eaters. Big Me Carl, Uncle Deadly, and who was the th- I don't even remember who the third one was. Well, then make it Sweetums. <laughs> it was probably Sweetums. That's what I remember. I was Sweetums. Thank you for reminding uh, me. Okay, yeah, so Sweetums, Big Me Carl, and Uncle Deadly. Oh, and Pepe. Wait, can I pick seven? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I do love Pepe. I'm just, Pepe's the best. Pepe's, Pepe's our the Daffy best. Duck. I've always said, working with the Muppets for a long time, everyone got too sweet. We need yeah. a jerk. And Bill Beretta, who's an amazing puppeteer, we it originally was created as a double act. It was Seymour and Pepe. It was this big elephant and a shrimp. Mm-hmm. And um, Bill had a Spanish or his aunt, his aunt-in-law, his, his wife's aunt was from Spain. And uh, she talked like this, okay. She would end their sentences like, I'm going to the market, okay? <laughs> so he just thought that was funny. So he started telling this like Spanish language little character. And uh, we had this amazing puppet builder who built Pepe as this I mean, he's nothing like him, looks like a shrimp, except he's got four arms and antenna. And, and just, it was just kind of one of those moments. It was like magic. It was like Charlie Chaplin found the bowler and the cane and the little tramp was born and Pepe was born. And he's so much fun to write for because he's a jerk. He's a self-centered little jerk. He's a misogynist. He's greedy. He's everything that, you know, cause everyone was like so sweet. That, that was my biggest problem when I came and started with the Muppets was they were crazy, which I loved. But everyone, because of the movies, had gotten so sweet to each other. Like Kermit and Piggy were couple, and Fonzie was nervous, and Gonzo was wacky. But they're all like, let's all be best friends. <laughs> like right. Rizzo was a little bit, you know, a rat. But so, yeah, okay. I'm 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 taking out uh, Big Mean Carl. I love Big Mean Carl so much. I'm, but I'm, I'm putting in Pepe. I know. I'm putting in Pepe. I love all the children. I love them more. <laughs> I'm putting in Pepe. So your three are? Are Sweetums, Pepe, and Uncle Deadly. Huh? Oh, wait! <laughs> Oh, Lou Zealand. Come on. Oh, boomerang. <laughs> best one note joke that's yes. still survived. How has that guy, that character has survived for 40 years? Yep. On a what one, a one note gag. Was it D- Dangerous Harry, right? It's uh, crazy Harry. Crazy Harry. Yeah, oh, he was also dangerous. Dangerous. He was dangerous. We crazy had to Harry, not yeah. use him for a while because he looked like a, a Middle Eastern terrorist. And yes. He blew things up. It wasn't funny after 9-11. Yeah. He's come back now. I don't know what he's doing on the new show, but so I said, no, he's not crazy Harry. He's, you know, cause you can't make fun of crazy people either. So he's, He's. In, I said we just call him enthusiastic Harry, <laughs> and he's now a builder. He just yeah, makes yeah things. Exactly. he makes things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, All right. right. So 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 Sweetums, Pepe, Kermit. Uncle Deadly, Uncle Deadly. Those Uncle are Deadly. my three. Kermit, Kermit, Fee, Piggy, and I have uh, Gonzo, Grover, and Big Bird. Wow. Just Big Bird. Do we just so wrestle now? <laughs> yeah. All right, go. All right, you start eliminating. Everybody's got a gun. Well, <laughs> <laughs> only one of them has a start, Nerf pellet in it. Start eliminating. I'm in bed. Safe. You want me to start eliminating? That's. Oh, you met the Muppets. Sorry. Yeah, it's fine. They're white yeah. sheets. I made a poo joke <laughs> for the children at home. Not the first. No. Wow. Not the last. We got this. <laughs> um. I'll, I, oh, yeah, man. Yeah. it's really tough. I'll take Gonzo off the plate. Oh, here's, here's oh, why. I brutal. love him. Uh, I just feel like he's, there are, be- like, if I, if I had Fozzie and Gonzo on a boat and I had to save one, I'd take Fozzie Bear. Wow. I would take Fozzie Bear. Is it because of heart. his chicken fetish? <laughs> Something weird oh, about, about. I have a great that. Gonzo chicken story. Oh, go ahead. He's talking. Tell. Okay, so the puppeteers, uh, you know, they these characters live in their heads as real mm-hmm. characters. It's not just I go to work and put Gonzo on. So, talking to Dave Goals, who's amazing and funny and odd, <laughs> that's why he does Gonzo and Bunsen. 
I said, so we was almost talking about Camilla and like, where's the Camilla puppet? And Dave's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Just take any of the chickens. We're like, what? <laughs> he goes, oh, didn't you know, gone to, to Gonzo, any chicken who's around <gasps> is Camilla. That just means what? that's his girl. Whoa. Yes. To oh, him, they're just all, blew my isn't mind. that amazing? But it's wow. so great because he's so weird and so, and it's like the most missing, I don't know if it's what, misogynogenist. <laughs> to him, it's like, well, every chicken's like, and I don't love the girl I love, I love the girl I'm with. And that's Camilla. He just wow. names that chicken Camilla. And when he told me that, it, oh. exactly, I was like, mind, mind blown. blown. And I laughed yeah. for like half an hour <laughs> at how sick and weird and totally perfect for Gonzo it was. So literally, he could go into a farm, but whatever chicken comes up to him and like, you know, he pets and he likes, oh, you're Camilla. Wow. <laughs> I, what? You're like, no, what? That is an, I love that. That is incredible. That's yeah. That I just dropped some knowledge on y'all. I don't feel so bad about getting rid of him. He's by Gonzo. You know what? Love the one you're with. Just exactly. like Stephen Stills. Talks exactly. To or the chicken you're with. <laughs> or the chicken. Yeah. If you swing. Love that the way. chick you're with. Exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, Gonzo's a bit of a can, I guess. Yeah. So we're going by we're going by moral values. We're now. going by moral values. <laughs> wow. Well, then Pepe's that's out immediately. Pepe has no morals. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, what's the question? Is it the most representative of? <laughs> it's your show. It's the most fun. No, that's it's the this, best one. Who's the best? I, I, I the know best. Who is Muppets? Who is, oh, is Muppets? Who embodies is the Muppets? Muppets? Oh, come on, we all know the answer to that. It's Floyd. <laughs> Floyd. <laughs> We're back to Floyd. It's Janice. It's Animal. It's Animal. Janice is also great. Did well, she and, just play and anything? Was she playing a tambourine? She did. Did she play an instrument? She was. She. Yeah, she, she plays bass. bass. She yeah. plays bass. bass. Yeah, or rhythm guitar. That was really sexy bass. stuff. Me, I apologize. Yeah, she was the bass really, player. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. Wow. Does she just hit the tambourine? She can. She can play tambourine <laughs> if she needs to. She just has the vibe Jerk. of a groupie. So, so is the real answer the Muppets from Saturday Night Live from the first season? Scred! Of yeah. Oh, I love Scred. <laughs> There's too many lovable Muppets. This is an impossible task. I, I, I declare the show impossible. I feel like I'm, I feel like it's, it's Sophie's choice right now that I've got, I've got Kermit Piggy Fozzie. Kermit Piggy Fozzie. Yeah. I have to get rid of one of them. Come on. Oh. Three, two, one. Who is it going to be? I know the, you have to find criteria the best. Yeah. Um, the very best. Well, okay. Embodies the Muppets is Kermit. He's the logo. <laughs> Yeah, if there's the Muppets. It's Kermit's head. Like, yeah. come on, nobody's surprised. Nobody's gonna surprise. We decided we spent an hour and a half and decided and that Kermit was the best Muppet. Right. See, that's but why it's not, it's not about the destination. It's about the journey. <laughs> and on our journey, we learned, we learned several weird, yeah. weird, terrifying yeah. things about both you and Gonzo. Gonzo. Yeah. <laughs> so, and you've been picked up by an eagle <laughs> several, several times. times. And yeah. you're still alive. I, not you a know, claw mark on you. It's it's. Uh, I I made a deal with a gentleman. <laughs> No, not the devil, you guys. What? That's his He was a gentleman. He wore a top hat and he said, I shall make a deal with you. All right, Jim Sternson, I want you to sign this. <laughs> Take this magic pill. You will never die. <laughs> You'll talk like George Takai. Takai. Oh, oh, bye. So, okay. Uh, let's oh. do the rest of the show as George Takai. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to call uh, this? I'm losing. Are we ready to call this? Okay. Good, because right. I don't want to have to eliminate any of them. So, you know, there are so many Muppets out there. <laughs> Listen, everybody, we've ruled. You may not have realized it happened, but it happened. And there are so many Muppets out there for you to enjoy and love and cuddle. Get the stuffed animals. Watch all the films and television shows and digital content you want. Listen to the albums. Read the books. But know that there is only one Muppet who is the best. And he is a reporter. He is an explorer. He is a dreamer. He is a singer. He plays the banjo. 
runs the show. And when it comes down to it, he's the one who demands that Orson Welles gives a contract to all of his friends. His name is Kermit the Frog. That's improv. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, when are we recording this? Because we should we should definitely put that in the show. Yeah, that's pretty good. That well, let me awesome. get recording. Oh shoot! <laughs> uh, as always, um, we uh, we have many more topics that we can debate, and yes. we are excited to debate them. So please reach out to us on Twitter at we got this tweets. Email us at we got this podcast at gmail or visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash we got this podcast. Kirk, thank you so much for sitting and talking with us. What? <laughs> I just, just remember. Oh, the what? drugs are wearing off. We got to get them out of here. <laughs> where are you going? What are? Where? Are, oh, it's really like. What uh, am I wearing? <laughs> what it is a pleasure and an honor to Thank have you. you. This come was fun. To talk with us. Tell everybody. Is there anything you want to plug or share? Where can people find you? Or just send me money. Just send money to just, Kirk Thatcher. Um, just uh, put in an envelope. Throw you know, it. I just write Kirk Thatcher. Just write Kirk Thatcher. Every Kirk Thatcher. Hollywood, California. Remember when you could do that? When I was a kid, you could write, you know, Boris Karloff, Hollywood, California, and it would get to people. Yeah. I'm not that level yet, <laughs> but someday. Um, I do, it will, oh yeah, Turkey Hollow. When does, is this going to air? Like next week? Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, next week in the next two weeks on the Lifetime week. Channel, November 21st is when it first aired. When it premieres Turkey Hollow, which was a Jim Henson. It's a cool project. Briefly, if I have a second. Yeah, please. It was a project Jim and Jerry wrote in '68. And it was one of the first times they were going to use – they built these creatures for it that were fur with glass eyes, like going towards what ultimately became the Creature Shop creatures. And it was a Thanksgiving special. It was going to be an hour long. And they just got busy with Sesame and other things. It never happened. So five years ago, the Henson Company came to me and said, well, we've got this project. We think it would be cool. Would you like to write and direct it? And I said, absolutely. Um, and so I'm giving you the fast version. So five years later with a few scripts and rewrites and everything, we just finished shooting like in June of – or in July of uh, – this year, 2015, and it comes out this Thanksgiving, and it's a sweet, funny family Thanksgiving movie, like Christmas movie, but there's 700,000 Christmas movies and like two Thanksgiving movies. So, um, and I just found out yesterday we're doing the panel that Jim had a Valentine's Day movie, a tax day movie. Wow. He had all these specials wow. planned. Um, and yeah, so he had like, <laughs> I don't, everything but Groundhog's Day. So he had a 4th of July, a Thanksgiving, a Halloween, a Christmas. A Valentine's Day, an Easter, and a tax day special. Incredible. So I'm like, well, let's start just cranking those out every year. But this, yeah. so it's, it was originally more Muppety. This is more creaturey. It's, I said it's like sort of somewhere between ET and Gremlins if the Gremlins never got nasty, if they stayed the Mogwai. Um, so kind of fun and sweet, a little and quirky, but, uh, yeah. That's November 21st. Out. November Lifetime? 21st, Lifetime Channel, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I'm, I'm very excited about it. So about if you want to watch it, send me $20. Yeah. And so you, you can just write Kirk, Kirk Thatcher, or Hollywood, California. California. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, where can we find you on Twitter? Oh, at Kirk Thatcher. Super clever. At Kirk Thatcher on Facebook. Kirk R. Thatcher and Instagram. I think just Kirk Thatcher. I, I wasn't clever at all. Wasn't like Harry Green Man or but something. But you were consistent. Yeah. I was, yeah. Easier I, to I, find. And there's yeah. not a lot of Kirk Thatchers, it turns out. C H or T C H? T H A T C H, thank you. Good. The joke was we dropped the T in Boston Harbor. No. <laughs> an old family joke. <laughs> Quite clever. The Thatchers, you know. <laughs> no, we didn't drop the T. They dropped the T. Yeah. Sorry, I'm confusing everyone. I kept we kept the T. Because we were loyalists. <laughs> you know you know what to do. Get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> Oh, I was so long. <laughs> so glad he's finally gone. I know. Jeez. Oh, 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 that eagle dropped him. Uh oh. No. Oh.
Oh, and he's back here. You guys, you guys, that's crazy. Um, Is this like Hotel California? You can yes. check out anytime you like, yeah, but, but you can never leave. So no, actually, no, this is this is a Hilton. It's half like Hotel California because you is. can check out anytime you like. It's yeah. insane. So do people yeah. know that we're doing this live from uh, Dragon Con? Yes. Oh, oh, the craziest, that? That? craziest of cons. It's it it's insane. Such a fun con. Yes. It's like remember the Star Trek episode where everyone's crammed on the planet and there's no room to like they have to. That's what it's like downstairs. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to come up to do your podcast so I could get out of, <laughs> out of the gyre. <laughs> it's like the, the Pacific gyre of garbage. It's the Pacific gyre of cosplayers. <laughs> yes. I got like poked in the butt by like some guy's sword and then, you know, in the eye by some Groot guy. It's, <laughs> it's insane. It's yeah. magical. It's a magical thing. It's fun, but it's horrifying. Yes. <laughs> it's just the humanity. I'm talking like Shatner. Let's just oh, end my. like Shatner. Let's just keep like going. Shatner. All right. Go ahead. Yes, say, bye. Say the more, say the thank yous, Mark. <laughs> well, yeah. I'd like to thank Mike Furman and Jonathan Dinerstein for our song and score, respectively. And as always, Thanks I'd like to, to thank you. And Ken Plume. No, Ken Plume? I'm talking to Ken Plume. I said you. He's right sitting next to you this whole time. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my He's goodness. so tiny. I never realized. Go ahead. Sorry. Pick that up. <laughs> it's a new one. Planet of the Shatners. Yeah. We cloned Captain Kirk because he was the prime example of human species and populated our planet with thousands and millions of Shatner clones. You are the first humans we've met since they came. Uh, there you go. There's a new movie. Perfect. Call JJ. <laughs> We'd also like to thank Walker. Ken Plume, our editor and master of ceremonies. We'd also like to thank Kevin Pollack for allowing us to all <laughs> do terrible versions of his official Shatner impression. That's right. For Mark Gagliardi, I'm Hal Lublin. For Hal Lublin, I'm Mark Gagliardi. And don't worry, everyone. We, we got this. We got this! MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. David Hi, I'm Lisa Hannawalt. And I'm Emily Heller. And if you're not listening to our podcast, Baby Geniuses, you're missing out on stuff like... Kamel Nanjiani solving the Zodiac murders. Uh, who's like... Would you ever go to a friend and you're like, Hey, could you lick all these lick all these envelopes for me? You'd be like, you're a serial killer. <laughs> <laughs> definitely, I'm leaving right now. Guy Branham talking about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, and it was, it was just a great moment of like, Oh no, I'm here, boys. Like, I'm on this side of the bench... Megan Amram talking about intimidating baristas. Just feel like they're always in character. Like, they're always in character as, like, cool hipster girl. Uh And I just want to break through that barrier. Plus, every week we explore a new Wikipedia page and talk to a crazy expert in the field of nonsense. Well, any any hack can make you not have a boner i mean that's it's about how you do it right you know? and we're the only podcast with regular updates about martha stewart's pony or your money back we're not going to give them their money back are we mm, no let's keep it yeah listen to our show every other monday on maximum fun yay yay hey everyone we're the flop house one of the newest additions to the maximum fun podcasting network I'm Dan McCoy. I'm Stuart Wellington. And I'm Elliot Kalin. What is the Flophouse, you may very well ask? We watch a bad movie, and then we talk about it. A bad movie podcast? Isn't that like every fifth podcast on the internet? I'd answer that by saying, one, we've been doing this show for over seven years, long before the entire premise of our show was a cliche, and two, shut up. Sick burn. I'd say that our show is more of a comedy podcast.
podcast. A podcast about words that sound like other words. A podcast about me singing long, irritating songs like this one. <laughs> a podcast about pitches for a Ziggy comic book movie. Or discussions about sex tarps. Yeah, I mean, mostly it's a show about three friends just hanging out. And talking about ding-dongs. That's mostly used to. Wait, what? So if you like any of those things, subscribe in iTunes today or visit MaximumFun.org to follow the show. The Flophouse! Woo!